Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we're talking about VBACs, vaginal births after cesarean. I have Megan Heaton and Julie Frankham of VBAC Links. They are VBAC moms, birth doulas, educators whose mission it is to make birth after cesarean better. They are VBAC experts who provide evidence-based education support and have a community of like-minded people to help those that are pregnant and want a VBAC have that support through their journey. So I was talking to Megan for this, and we talked about everything from stacking the cards in your favor to have a VBAC, VBAC myths, finding a supportive provider, and a VBAC calculator. I'm going to be honest, I did not know about a VBAC calculator for quite a while, and I had been in this world for quite a while. So it was fun to learn something new and just so much more. So those that are pregnant or support pregnant people are just interested in a VBAC or those that are looking to have a VBAC, I think this conversation will absolutely inspire you. Before we get to that, I just want to say thank you to the community that has continued to support us online, but also now meeting us in the studio. I'm back in the studio teaching and we are doing a hybrid. So I'm going to be fully honest that the first hybrid class was a little bumpy. I didn't understand totally how the internet was going to be in the studio space. It was a little bumpy, but now we're in the stride of things and it is going so well. We've got people in the space. We've got people online. And what's beautiful is while we're doing our circle time with the people in the studio, we have the computer face so that those online can see the people in the studio and those in the studio can see the people online. I've got a couple different monitors around. So we're just taking our community and just bursting open. And it is so exciting. I really am thrilled about that and I'm honored. So thank you for those that are continuing to work with us and we can continue to support each other online and in person. Also, I know that not everyone can get to class as much as they may want. So if you have some aches and pains that you're dealing with between classes, head to our website and download five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains, and then have your cheat sheet. So when your back hurts, your neck hurts, or your hamstrings hurt, you've got a few poses that you can pull out, grab a mat, not even needing a mat, and just take care of yourself. I also want to thank those that have left a rating interview. It helps people find us. And if you haven't, I would just ask that you consider taking a moment and leaving a rating and review. Thank you for being a part of our community and thank you for continuing to support our growth. Okay. The very last thing I'm going to mention is we've got two more teacher trainings online for 2021, and then we're back in person. So in January and February, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. at Willow Street Yoga. And then I'm so excited back. And then we're going to march in April back in New York City. Well, it'll be two years since we've done, more than two years since we've done a face-to-face. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. So lots of good stuff on the horizon. And just keep checking out our website for what else is going on. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Please enjoy my conversation with Megan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Megan. How are you? 
I am so great. How are you? I am doing great. I'm so excited to speak with you. I heard about you guys, I think, honestly, online. I tend to <laughs> spend a little <laughs> too much time on Instagram. I'm embarrassed to Don't say. Don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> like, really, though? Instagram is is our new life. It really is. And I try not to let my kids see me do it because it's such a bad example, but I do it. And I think that is how I stumbled upon you. And I think I've been just watching you guys for a while, you and Julie, and and just enjoying what you put out there and really agreeing with it. And so then I had a conversation with, I'm sure you know, Dr. Nicole Rankins, and she mentioned you guys. And I thought, all right, I have been looking at them online, kind of like a voyeur, and then, then Nicole silent talked stalker. about you. Silent stalker. That's what I always call myself. I'm like a silent stalker on Instagram. I was it's okay. Stalking you. And then when Nicole mentioned you, I'm like, why not? Why not just make this happen? So thank you, thank you for some time. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. So I guess Hi. me, Julie is normally with me, but she's unfortunately unavailable today. So she's like your silent partner just, to the side. Yes, she is. Yes. So I guess let's just jump in. I'd love to hear a little bit about you, how you ended up focusing on VBACs, and then how you and Julie ended up working together. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually, so I have three kids and I have always loved birth. Always. My mom used to work in a hospital and she would do like the stocking. And so we would stock the labor and delivery unit and always stock the nursery. And she would have me come and help. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to do what these people do. I want to be with babies all the time. Um, and then I found myself pregnant and ended up having two C-sections, which were completely undesired or unexpected, um, quite frankly. And, um, right after my second birth, I just felt this fire inside of me that I wanted to do more in the birth world. I wanted to impact people the way my last nurse had impacted me during my birth. She was so loving and kind and supportive and gave me options. And so I started Googling, um, what, you know, how to become a doula and what more a doula does. Cause I had learned about a doula very end of my pregnancy, but my husband wasn't super keen on the idea. He actually was like kind of offended. He was like, no, I don't want to be replaced, which it's not about that at all. But, um, that's kind of his stance on it. And so I started Googling it and it was seriously like fire inside of me. Like, this is me. This is what I want to do. And so, um, I became a doula and I got pregnant again and I knew, I knew I did not want another C-section. And so I started just doing my research even more and learning and growing as a doula and attending births and realizing this was possible. I could totally have a vaginal birth after two C-sections. And so I went on to do um, a VBAC after two C-sections. So that in a whole, my own experience is what, you know, really gravitates my love towards VBAC. And, um, Julie also has had a v- three VBACs, um, at home after a C-section. And she also kind of found that same spark of like, I want to help people know their options because unfortunately in the VBAC world, there's a ton of myths and doubt, um, and unsupportive people out there. And so she had this idea to start a class here just in Utah. And I was so honored. She asked me to be her partner and I was super excited. So we kind of hit the ground running and kind of quickly realized that we needed to branch out of Utah and quickly make this an international thing because there is such a need out there in the world for VBAC support. Oh, oh, you sparked so many ideas. And I know I'm kind of going a little off script because I'm <laughs> listening to what you're saying. I'm like, we need to talk about this. So yeah, first of all, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. We could go on for days. Like we could have five podcasts spinning off of each topic. I know. <laughs> so first of all, I want to just say, yes, your partner's so right that there's often this misconception that doulas are going to replace the partner. And mm-hmm. I like to think that doulas kind of just kind of bring them to where they want to be and maybe are slightly hesitant. But I won't go down that rabbit hole, but let's just cheer that we, you know, it's not, it's not a one or other. It can definitely be a togetherness. And, you know, he learned that, um, with our VBAC birth, I actually had five doulas. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't just because go one, point, you brought them all I know, in. <laughs> I know I had to make up for all the births. Um, but I was a doula at that point and I was, um, 
pretty like involved in the community. And so I had quite a few people that were like, can I please be at your birth? Can I please be at your birth? I would like to attend your birth. I'm like, listen, the more the merrier support me and love me. That's all I want. (laughs) So I was so, Oh, it was so special. But he to this day said, and he will tell everyone, not just because I am a doula, because he's actually experienced, don't have a baby without a doula. Like he'll tell everyone that like you need a doula because he was helped so much more than he ever imagined. Yeah. I, my husband, same thing for our uh, second. I'm like, do we need to do He's Like we do. And even uh-huh. though I hid in the shower for a good part of my birth, <laughs> I still liked having the whole crew there. So yes. going back to, I do have a question about, I want to jump into some of those myths of VBAC, but let's back up. And there might be some listeners that are thinking, I, I tuned in and I don't know what a VBAC is. What so let's, is a VBAC? <laughs> what do they keep talking? What is this VBAC thing? So let's go super basic and just what is a VBAC? And then let's go into some of the, what are the myths of VBAC? Yeah. 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 Okay. So VBAC, which is spelt V-B-A-C. A lot of people want to spell it V-B-A-C-K, but it's just V-B-A-C stands for vaginal birth after cesarean. And it simply means that someone is going to have a vaginal birth that has undergone a previous cesarean or previous cesareans. Yep. Perfect. That is straightforward. And there it is. So what are some of the myths when people are thinking, oh, I can't have a VBAC or just kind of the idea of it? Oh man, there are so many. Um, but some of the number one and two and three myths would be it's too dangerous. You know, it's unsafe for mom or baby. Um, someone is too small to have a baby. Because there are a lot of small people out there, petite, I should say. Um, and, uh, it's, it's not possible. Like it's physically not possible. Those are like three of the biggest myths. That someone just says like your pelvis is too small to fit yep. a baby. Pelvis through. is too small. Baby is too big. Or, um, well, my body didn't dilate to attend the first time. So it doesn't know how. Mm. Or, and it's not even that they're saying that they, like the, the birthing person saying that it's the provider. Like I had a provider saying, well, yeah, you know, your body just doesn't know how to labor. It can't. That is, I mean, we can dissect the, we'll go into oh. care providers later. Actually, I would, would oh, like yeah. to go into that because yeah. sometimes I've seen, um, we can talk about care providers that are tolerant or actually VBAC supportive. There is, mm-hmm. I think, a difference. So Very that is helpful, some of the myths. So what are some reasons someone may have had a cesarean for their first or many of pregnancies and what mm-hmm. makes them a good candidate for a VBAC? That's a great question. So um, some of the reasons that someone may have had a C-section is um, failure to progress, meaning kind of like what I said is the body did not progress um, to attend to make it possible for the baby to be birthed vaginally. And um, that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. Um, but failure to progress or failure to descend, maybe they reached 10 centimeters, but they were pushing for a very long time and the baby just did not come down. Um, that could be due to a poor position or something like that. Um Poor position is actually a reason for a C-section, maybe breach or asynclitic or posterior. Um, or transverse. Well, that transver- would, they wouldn't even try. Transverse, <laughs> transverse would be straight cesarean unless they were to do a virtual. Same thing with breach, right? Like these days, transverse and breach, like they are the reason, like they just go to a cesarean unless you have a provider that's willing to try and turn a baby, which babies do turn. So it's a thing, but for those positions, definitely, um, a C-section, maybe fetal heart tones, um, were going down in birth, you're laboring, everything's going well. And then your baby all of a sudden is not tolerating despite movement and things like that. Um, that can sometimes turn into a, um, C-section for that reason. Mom's maybe not doing well, or there's like infection present. Um, and there's, you know, it's not looking like mom's going to be able to, um, do it stam like stamina wise, um, or it may be desired. Mm-hmm. Some people just desire it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the reasons. Um, you know what makes them a good candidate? This is a, such a hard one because I believe that 
the majority of people are candidates. Um, you know, a good candidate is statistically, they say, if you've had a previous vaginal delivery, you are a fantastic candidate for a VBAC because you have what's called, and I'm doing air quotes if you the can tested envision pelvis. Me, gonna do that. The ah. proven pelvis. Yes. The proven <laughs> pelvis that you have proved that your pelvis can deliver a baby vaginally. Um, that so, drives me crazy that, oh, that it like it's me. a tested, like, but how do we know if we never get a chance? I, I don't know. That, that uh-huh. little thing makes me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. I'll keep I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, seriously, I can, I can go on and on for that. Um, so yeah, so proven pelvis or maybe, um, they reach 10 centimeters. A, a provider will be more apt to, um, let someone labor if maybe they reach 10 centimeters, but, um, maybe the baby just was in a wonky position, like an asynclitic. And so it was maybe harder for the baby to tuck their head and go under the pubic bone. Um, or if there was previously an infection, but now there's not like, that's something very different, right? Or maybe you had a breech baby before, but now we have a head down baby. Those would be reasons that a provider would say, you know, you're, you're a great candidate. But, um, you know, in my eyes, like most everyone is a great candidate for a VBAC. Um, there are definitely hum- some health concerns and things where, you know, a C-section might be warranted and, and really needed. But for the most part, VBAC, most people, in fact, 90% of people like are actually candidates for, um, VBAC according to the AMA. American. Oh, I love that. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. amount, 90%. So you mentioned 90. some health concerns. Would you mind sharing what those might be? Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's different, um, with the health concerns. There's some things like, where it actually might be the placenta, um, there that's in the way or something like, you know, placenta previa or, um, that could be dangerous. Or maybe we've got a mom that has a certain blood, um, disorder or condition, or maybe blood pressure is just too high or the risk of hemorrhaging is, is really high, even though C-section has a higher risk of, um, that sometimes like a help condition, um, when the mom is being attacked, it's like the liver is being attacked. Um, that can be a reason that a provider would suggest a C-section or if there's, um, you know, previous surgeries where we've got shattered hips or backs and there's lots of metal and the body can't move or the pelvis can't move. Those may be, um, a reason that someone would suggest a C-section. I had a doula client that it was, a, it was the first time I really saw the role of the provider in this situation. And I'm not painting the provider in a bad way. It just was something that took me by surprise and my client by surprise. So she mm-hmm. had kids, I think about 12 years apart. And her first child, I believe was in Germany and was mm-hmm. a cesarean. And then she was up for her second. And she was told the whole time, sure, you can have a VBAC. But by mm-hmm. the time she was actually in labor, there was a lot of pressure to Go, she was in labor Schedule to have a C-section while in or to labor go. to go wow. have a C-section. So we arrived mm. at the hospital and the reason was that they didn't have her medical records and they didn't know anything about the scar. Was it vertical? Mm. Was it horizontal? What kind of stitching was it? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that is another reason that a provider would maybe not suggest. Um, but she was in a labor. Like, that was a surprising yeah. thing. They're like, and they made her sign a waiver saying, "If you attempt this," and she's like, "I can't sign that. I'll just have the section." But it it came of like we're well, waiting. Everybody, every VBAC person has to sign a paper saying that you're consenting and you know the risks. Yeah in the hospital. So that's the hard, that's a hard thing. But yeah, um, a C-section scar can be, um, a reason that a provider would maybe deter someone away from having a VBAC based on like what you said, like low transverse with like a special scar, like a J or a T or maybe vertical up and down. Um, they don't really do vertical up and down anymore these days. Sometimes if there's a breech baby, they might, or they might do a special scar, like a J, um, another type of special scar, but um, even then, even then, that doesn't mean you can't be back. We, um, I, I had a special scar mama. Um, she had this last year and had a beautiful home birth, um, with no issues. So it's, it's definitely something that's a personal choice when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then you have to really discuss with your providers and find that provider that is going to be in line with your desires. 
Yes. I, it always comes back. I feel like every single podcast I do, it comes back to choose your provider as best yes. as you can. And I know that is a, a privilege for some that have the option, but it always yes. comes back to choose your provider. So I'm a little bit of a statistics nut because I love data. So you mentioned that about 90% of people are going to fall in the category of sure, have a VBAC. Do you know how many or what the statistic is for those that start to have that trial of labor for a VBAC? And those that give birth vaginally? Yeah. So, um, the studies show that 60 to 80%, which is roughly like three to four out of five people will, um, that have had a previous cesarean gone to VBAC will actually deliver vaginally. That's a, that's a good number. So, yeah. It's a really, really good number. And you know, when I say like 90%, like 90% of people should be encouraged and given the chance, but only like 10% are even given the chance or offered um, the idea of a vaginal delivery, mm. which to me is like dramatic, especially when we're looking at up to 80% of people will actually have a vaginal birth after a cesarean. So, Why are only 10% being offered? Well, that leads me to my next question, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about some ways that people can stack the cards in their favor to have a VBAC. And that I think is going to really unfold why only 10% get to be offered. So I think that can start talking us into our care provider Perfect. conversation. We'll be, we'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. I feel like this is opening a big can of worms. So, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it is, it's, it's really hard because sometimes we like Julie and I, sometimes we're like, Oh my gosh, we sound like we like hate providers, which we don't. We absolutely don't. We love providers and we appreciate them, but there definitely are certain providers out there that we want to steer away from. <laughs> so let's talk about between finding a supportive provider and what else could somebody be doing that maybe their baby was coming in asynclitic or breach or posterior before that might have prevented that baby from descending well. So let's talk about all of the things that yes. someone can do to just point them in that favor. Okay. Well, so we'll start on ways to one, prepare and, and up your chances. Or like you said, stack the cards and, and, and have a vaginal birth. Um, education is going to be one of the number one things, getting the education and the right education. And unfortunately, as much as the internet is incredible, it's also poisonous because it can provide a lot of mis just bad information, right? Um, and stats. And so finding an education that's evidence-based and um, really factual is going to impact you and help you guide yourself through this journey. Um, it will also help you learn how to do things like the mile circuit or spinning babies, three sisters or swimming and what types of ways to be active to help these sweet babies try and get balanced into that pelvis, you know, for the longest years, um, longest time, um, the first years of my doula work, it was always get your baby on the left side, left side, left side, left side, always on the left side. And throughout the years I've learned, it's not necessarily getting a baby on a left side. It's allowing the baby to navigate through the pelvis by creating space. And that can be different for everyone. Some babies might actually need to enter the pelvis in an asynclitic position. And so we 
create space and let them do that. And then in labor, there are things and choices that we can make, like maybe avoiding breaking our water early on into labor or to start an induction um, or when baby's really high. So baby doesn't come down even more wonky, right? Um, and things like that. So education, nutrition, um, like I said, being active. I'm not saying you have to go run marathons <laughs> like during pregnancy or anything. A simple 30 minute walk around the block or, you know, walk up your flight of stairs one time a day. I mean, just something to get your body. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) That was a shameless plug. (laughs) Exactly. No, that's a great plug. Um, So prenatal yoga is something that, oh my gosh, we see, can I just say this as a doula? I have been a doula for seven and a half years. I have seen people that have done prenatal yoga throughout their pregnancy and people who have not. And I'm not saying that everyone um, who has not has had poor outcomes in far as like having weird positions that we have to work through. But our prenatal yoga moms, they are so balanced. Their breath, they cope really well. Like prenatal yoga is huge. It's huge. And it's so good for you. It's so good for you, especially when you're preparing for a VBAC too. It can be really emotional and um, mind tolling. And so to find that space during yoga and be with your breath is incredible. Yeah. When you were talking about finding the space in the pelvis, it is all about space and balance. And like you're talking about the spinning babies is everything, you know, are we tighter in the psoas or the round ligament? What's going on inside that Mm -hmm. we don't know can make a huge impact on how baby does descend and rotate or, or doesn't descend and rotate. So Mm -hmm. really finding, I also love body work. I don't know how you feel about that, Mm -hmm. but uh, acupuncture or chiropractor, I I actually, my, the chiropractor, I saw, I think a day before my second child, I actually credit her for my very quick second birth because yeah. she did this, she did the Webster technique and she's like, you're right. So as is tight. I'm like, it is, it really is. Mm-hmm. And she did whatever she did. And that baby just descended, rotated and kind of like fell right out. And I totally yep. credit that. Yeah, they're definitely on my list of things um, to do during pregnancy. You know, with my first and my second, I was like, oh, chiropractors are scary. They're quacks, blah, 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 blah. Well, with my third, um, my midwife was like, this is non-negotiable. You are doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And so I started doing chiropractor and I too um, give a lot of credit to um, my baby being a plus three station at four centimeters, like literally just waiting for the gate to open because my pelvis and everything had been so perfectly set up and she adjusted me twice during labor. Oh, amazing. Um, and it was, it was insane. Like he was OP, but like the second he moved, it was like cervix gone and baby out. Like yes. it was incredible. And so, yeah. And I mean, I, I've been to so many births where I'm like, we need to call your chiropractor. That's what needs to happen. And then boom, everything changes around. So, um, yeah. And massage also pelvic floor, mm. um, work is really, really big. A lot of people don't think they need to do pelvic floor work before because they haven't had the baby yet, but it's actually so beneficial. Um, it can really, really help, um, you learn the great technique of pushing a baby out, the actual technique of pushing a baby out. Also, there could be some things that, um, are going on with your cesarean scar and that need, might need to be massaged out or it might need to, um, like mine adheres to my bladder. Mm-hmm. It just does. It's great. It happens all the time. And so like, even now, my last C-section was seven years ago. I'm still massaging that and taking care of that. Um, but that can impact things when you're in labor, right? So really, yeah, doing all those things, finding the good provider, um, getting a good supportive team. I believe in hiring a doula 100%. And then most of all, believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to believe in yourself. If everyone else believes in you, but you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to be walking in in a great space. You yeah. have to believe in yourself, you know, and it's it's important and it's hard. It is so hard to believe in yourself, especially if you've had a traumatic experience or, um, you know, you've been told, like I was told on the OR table, oh, it's a good thing you didn't be back. You for sure would have ruptured. That's what he told me. Oh. So in my mind, I keep hearing you for sure would have ruptured. What am I doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? Like, you know, I'm sitting there questioning myself in labor when instead I needed to be like, you are okay. You are safe. You are surrounded by love. 
yeah, everyone knows what we're doing around here. You've done your research. Like you're strong. It's okay. You know, but it's hard. It is really hard. Yeah. I remember doing, um, one of my podcast interviews with Barbara Harper, she did a lot about water birth and she said something that I had to pause for a moment. She said, you don't just birth between your legs, you birth between your ears. And I had to think about that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Because if you're like, you said, everyone can be cheerleading you around, but if you are just going down the drain of, I can't do this, I can't do this. It doesn't matter how great the massage is. Someone's rubbing your back and loving you. Uh If you are just suffering and spiraling downward, it is going to continue to suffer downward. So a Mm -hmm. lot is in, you know, what we say to ourselves and what we carry into this. And I think that's why, while we have very little control of the birth, how we prepare and the confidence we have heading in, it's kind of like white water after you get yourself ready and then you go, like you just Mm kind of have to, that's why I think Mm -hmm. it's so important to stack everything in your favor. So let's talk a little bit about some red flags. Again, I'm not trying to poo poo providers, but I have seen (laughs) a little bit of a bait and switch. Can I say like, what are some red flags of providers that are not really VBAC supportive? They're a little more tolerant, but maybe not super supportive. Yeah. And this one can be a really hard one. Cause just like you described with your dual client before, like everything was like, yeah, totally. You're great. We can have a VBAC. Everything's wonderful. And then in labor, they're like, actually, no, (laughs) We need to do, you know, but that can happen and it's hard. Um, so some red flags could be that, um, your provider is talking a lot about how large your baby looks Mm. and suggesting third trimester ultrasounds when there's no real medical reason as to why. So sometimes a, a reason for a, an ultrasound in your third trimester, maybe because at your 20 or your 24 week ultrasound, your placenta was very low lying or covering the cervix and they need to confirm that it's moved up, right? Which most of the time it does, but that might be a reason why, but it's just like, oh, we need to check on the baby. We need to measure the baby. No, that's not measurement. That doesn't, no, (laughs) I'm just going to say no on that one. Um, talking about your pelvis, like, Oh, like you look really small, you know, talking about that, um, scheduling a C-section just in case, whatever that means. Um, having a lot of restrictions, things like, Oh, well you have, you can totally be back if you deliver by 39 weeks spontaneously and your labor is no longer than 12 hours. Mm. something like that or a lot sure, of pressure on somebody yeah, right <laughs> or sure you can be back um if you agree to be induced at 39 or 40 weeks and this is the way we do it you know or sure you can be back if you have an epidural <laughs> like there's so many like if there are a lot of ifs you are knowing that your provider is likely more on the um, tolerant side, but not really supportive side. A VBAC provider that comes in and says, you know what? I see that this is what happened last time and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that doesn't happen. And I want to talk about what you want for this birth. What desires do you have? Yeah, that's a very goals? different attitude and conversation and invitation yes. into let's do this together. Let's do this. And then, yeah. And then following up on that is like, how can I, as your provider, be here for you? Yeah. What can I do for you? You know, um, that, that is a totally different, like, aspect, you know, of things like I had, I interviewed so many providers. It was silly before I even found I was pregnant and I had so many providers say like, Oh, well, yeah, I probably wouldn't suggest that for my daughter or I wouldn't suggest that for my wife either. Or your provider was probably right. You probably would have ruptured and your pelvis is too small. And then I had providers saying, you know, based off of what I'm reading here, it doesn't look like you ever really got a chance. And I want to do that with you. I want to give you that chance. These are really important. So I hope those that are listening and are in that boat to make that decision or, or again, have the opportunity to have multiple choices that this is something that they can take heart. And it's hard. It is so hard to question. It's like so hard. As much as I'm like, yeah, advocate for yourself. I've been on the other side as the patient and it's, it's hard. It's really hard. So it's, maybe it's go really hard. 
Like yeah. when, when you're talking to the provider, going with notes, like these are what I need or like little notes for yourself. Be like, I can do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In our course, we have, um, in the manual, we actually have trimester checklists, like of things that you can discuss with your provider, um, to make sure that they're still in line with your desires because sometimes the, the bait and switch can be very subtle and it seems like they're being supportive. But really, in actuality, they're, they're, they're slightly changing their tune. Yeah. Um, so we, we really suggest definitely taking it in and asking your provider the questions and having that discussion. Um, because it, it really, really is important. And I want to just drop this note. I understand how hard it is. Like it's, it's really, really hard. Um, I did it at 24 weeks, so not as late, but you, you can change a provider at any time. If someone is not jiving with you or supporting you, don't hesitate to reach out and find another support, uh, supportive provider. Like I know it can be hard, especially in rural areas and different countries and things, but an insurance and insurance. Absolutely. Yeah. You can switch though. You can switch and you can switch in labor. I had a client that she wasn't a VBAC, but she was like, um, uh, can I have my nurse? And so she like had her nurse come in and she was like, can you go find me a different doctor and never have that doctor come in this room again? Wow. Good for yeah, her. I know it was really hard, but the whole environment changed when that provider left and her blood pressure started going back down and baby started doing better and she had a beautiful delivery. So stand up for yourself. It's okay. It's okay to stand up for yourself. Remember that these providers, although we love them and we know that they work hard and most of them are overworked, they work for you. Yeah. It is a service. It is still a service. It is a service. You are paying for it. It is a service that you are paying for. So I wanted to shift gears and talk about the VBAC calculator. So mm. when I was, when I was talking to <laughs> Nicole Rankins, she was mentioning that. And mm-hmm. honestly, I hadn't heard of that. And oh. I hadn't. And I, maybe I hadn't under a different name of like, is it kind of like the Bishop score? So I would love mm. to talk more about the VBAC calculator. Go describe it. How accurate is it? (laughs) Open the gates. Yes. You know, and this is a really hot topic right now because, um, a, a show on TV actually brought some attention to this VBAC calculator and, um, a lot of attention and it has since changed crazy enough based off the show. I mean, I'm not going to say it's based off the show, but it feels like it was based on the show it was. Do you know what? I have never seen it. We posted it on our Instagram. Um, it's, I don't even know. I don't know the show. I've never seen it, but they talked about, it was a woman and they were like being very frantic and they were saying, where well, you need to go in for a C-section and this and that. And, and this provider stops them and says, wait, whoa, let's slow down. Why, what are we doing? And she's like, oh, well, you know, this and that. And, and, and she's black and this. And he's like, whoa. So change it, make the calculator say she's not black. Then tell me what her VBAC score is. Cause she was like, oh, her VBAC score is like 40% or something. And he's like, yeah. And what if she were white? So what happened with the VBAC calculator is there's what the VBAC calculator is. I'm going to backtrack and then go back into that. Yeah, um, like, is, this is interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so the VBAC calculator is quote unquote, a calculator that gives you a percentage to tell you how likely you are to have a vaginal birth in succeeding a vaginal birth. And it had questions like age, race, height, BMI, um, reason for past cesarean and things like that. And, um, crazy enough, depending on your race, it would drop it or raise it substantially. Depending on your BMI, it would drop it or raise it substantially. Um, and so, you know, they came together and the providers that put this together, I, I think they, they feel that it has a lot of value. Um, as a doula and as a VBAC mom myself, it has no value <laughs> to me. Um, but unfortunately, there's a lot of providers out there that use it, like a lot. Um, and so now what they did um, is they actually took the race off, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Um, and they kept the BMI on there. So it's like age, height, BMI, reason for past C-section. And if you've been treated for hypertension, 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, I have messed with the new one. And since then, um, and then if you've had a previous vaginal birth, that's another one. Um, I've kind of messed with it. And so originally, like with my original answers, it gave me 52.5% chance. So half, I had half a chance and it didn't say how many cesareans I've had either. This is just no previous vaginal deliveries. Then I dropped my weight pretty, pretty good. Like, you know, to what maybe they would say my height is a healthy weight and it raised it to 60%. Mm-hmm. Then I changed my reason of cesarean and I kept the weight and it raised it to 70%. So it's really hard if you can see like from 50 to 70. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big range. And so it's really hard. It's really hard to know. Like, yeah, they give you a number. Julie, Julie, my partner, she's had a client that got a 4% chance on the calculator. Four. How had did... a beautiful VBAC. Beautiful. <laughs> like, and then where did that go? So uh-huh. now that things have been adjusted, race has been taken off. Do you know how accurate it is? I mean, 4% to having a vaginal mm-hmm. birth where... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it still being used? Is it, is it, what are oh, it's people still buying? being used? Yeah, it is still being used and I still don't feel it's that accurate, but that's my, that is my personal opinion. Um, you know, if someone is given a percentage, I say, great, take that percentage and throw it away. <laughs> like, yeah, Cause it goes back to what we talked it. about with the confidence. If it, yep. so if someone has an unfavorable result, yeah. What, you know, then that goes into their brain of I'm yep. 4%. I mean, I can't even go imagine yeah. I'm 4%. Right. So is it the kind of thing that someone could, I guess then you would know it's not, it's not favorable because it could be like, Oh, if it's good, tell me what if it is. And if it's not, don't mm-hmm. tell me. So then you, by default, if you don't get right. told, you know. Yeah. And everyone can look up their own. They can do it themselves. They just need to look up that Google VBAC calculator and you can mess with it. And it's, it's quite interesting. Like your, how your height and weight and things can change it so dramatically when ultimately I believe that it is truly the situation that you are put in. And then sometimes it's just the plan. Sometimes we're not destined to have that experience for that birth and we don't know why and there's no answer for like to know why what was happening what was happening but we have to trust that that was the reason why we had that experience you know like I did not want two c-sections I didn't want the first and I definitely didn't want the second but at the same time my second was something that molded me and created me into the person I am today mm-hmm. and so although I might not have loved to have another C-section, I am grateful for that experience. And I'm grateful that I had learned more for that second birth and then even more for my third birth. And so, you know, this, this calculator, it's just, I see it happening all the time. We have a Facebook group and then, you know, I'm in VBAC forums, other amazing VBAC forums. And I see this calculator like, oh, I was given a 30% chance. So should I just schedule a repeat C-section? I see it all of the time. And like you said, like, if you're giving a number, you're, it's a rating, right? Someone is rating you when they have no idea. We have no clue what's going to happen. So if you, if someone does have a care provider that is using that and it's coming up unfavorably, mm-hmm. what would you suggest in how they speak with their care provider and moving forward with having a VBAC? You know, that's, it's definitely personal because then at that point you have to decide whether you want to go towards that VBAC or not. And some providers will say, if you're below 60%, I will not support you in this, Mm. which is really hard because if you test 50%, you're like, I'm only 10% less, but you know, um, so that's kind of where I would have this conversation with my provider and say, I understand, I understand this number and I want you to know, I see it. I see it, but I'm not a number in my mind. I am a person that has a different circumstance than all the people on that in this study that you created this calculator for, because I'm an individual and I am not like anyone else. And I would like to try. And, that and then could, at that point, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and that could be one of those questions when someone is 
figuring out in the beginning if they have a good fit. Again, if they have that opportunity to have multiple care providers to choose from, that could be a question if they have a chance to interview uh, them. All right. If you do the VBAC calculator and I come up under 60, how are we going to work that out? So that way, at least mm-hmm. expectations are set from the beginning that you're not at you know, 38, 39 yeah. weeks and be like, now what do I do? Yeah, exactly. And you can talk to them and say, okay, so you're supporting me with my percentage. Are all the other providers in your practice supportive Mm -hmm. of this? Do I, do I have potential issues that I could be running into? Um, you know, so things like that. It's, it's so hard, but it's just a number. And I really just want to like scream to the rooftops. Like you are an individual, you are an individual and no one I've never, I mean, in seven and a half years, I've never seen one birth that was the same. Never. Course, yeah. Even I've the never same, seen one person. Yeah. Even, even the, the same, same yeah. mom. I've yes. seen, like, I look at my own self that I had two kids and their births were dramatically different. And yep. as a doula, I had the fortune of attending several families that had multiple children and their births were very different. So we never yes. know. There's so many factors in how There's birth so unfolds. Many. Absolutely. Absolutely. So again, it comes down to deciding what you want for you and Mm. then finding that person to support that. Um, and a lot of the times it's, there's the education part. You got to get the education so you can know the pros and the cons of both a VBAC and a repeat C-section. Yeah. And, and if you choose it, whichever people choose is the right choice for them. And that's what I try mm-hmm. to tell my students. Like there's no wrong choice if it's Absolutely. authentic to you. Okay. We're going to, Oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh no, you're fine. I was just going to say as a, a lot of people like think like we are only pro V back, right? Because we are the V back link. Um, but we're not, we are pro good experience Yes, and pro empowerment and Yeah. Like we want you, everyone says healthy mom, healthy baby. Yes. But what about healthy mom, healthy baby, good experience? Yes. That experience looks different for everyone. Yeah. And it's never for anyone else to say, I know some of the birth choices I've made that other people would be like, that is just nuts, but it was fine for me. And who am I to ever judge anyone else's birth? I had mine on my terms. I want to support people having theirs on their terms. And it sounds like exactly what you believe in Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. What is one tip or piece of advice you'd like to offer new or expectant parents? We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. So I feel like from your background as a parent, as a doula, there's so probably so much floating in your brain. Pick one out. Just pluck one thought out. What would it be? Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, okay, so tips and advice for both first time parents. Anyone, and whatever you multiple. think is the most valuable, you choose. Oh man. Oh man. I really education. Um because the more educated you are, the more you walk into a birth experience feeling like you have, even though we don't have control of how the birth goes, you have control of what's been done. Mm. So for the birth space, I would say education. As a parent, um, one of my tips is remember that I'm going to go back to kind of what I talked about with, um, with birthing, but remember that everyone has a right way. Everyone has a right way to do something and a wrong way to do something. And that doesn't mean that Sally Joe is going to be the same as Sally Jane. The way I feed my baby, the way I birth my baby, the way I burp my baby or dress my baby might be different than this other person over here. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. And I feel like in today's world, we see so many Things, you know, I talk about like for my physical appearance, like I'm not Instagram worthy, right? Like we don't have to be what every blogger 
does. Like we don't have to look like that family or do those things. Like we have to find what's best for us in our family. And it just, it starts from birth and goes all the way up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, my, I guess one of my tips is educate yourself and find the best you. Oh, I like that. I really like that. Where can people find your work? Oh, we are all over. Um, so we are at the vbacklink.com. So it's vbaclink.com with V in the front. Um, and we're on Instagram, the vbacklink, um, Twitter, the vbacklink, Facebook, the vbacklink. We also have an amazing support group, um, vback, the vbacklink community on Facebook. Um, do answer all three questions. We're kind of strict. We don't, um, we don't let people in that don't answer questions. (laughs) We're very strict. Uh, We want to know why you're there and we love to have you there. And then we also have a special group. It's called the CBAC uh, link community. And that's for people who have gone to have a vaginal delivery and um, maybe didn't have a vaginal birth and had gone on to have a repeat C-section because there's a lot of support in that that is needed as well. Um, We're on YouTube. And then of course we have our podcast, the VBAC link, and we're on every platform for our podcast. We, um, we put daily blogs or weekly blogs out and um, have a ton of information. And then we have a VBAC course. So we're all over. And I will make sure all of that is in the show notes because awesome. people, again, support education can, it keeps out. So for me, it's support. I feel like education is def- definitely a piece, but it takes a village. And I know that's such a cliche. It really does. But no, it better really does. That's why I had five doulas, right? Community <laughs> is just, yeah. we weren't meant to do this alone. Um, no. so community showing up is so, so important. I had such a blast talking to you. Thank you mm. so much, Megan. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, you just being in your community, listening and learning more about VBAC because it is definitely something that needs to continue to light like fire throughout the world. I agree. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.